Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free, 100% free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. It couldn't be easier. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Chris Trapasso here from cbssports.com, and you are listening to The Prospect Podcast. I'm going to give you a little quarterback theory that I have. It ties into evaluating the quarterback position, and it's kind of a catch-22. I want to hear what you think about it, so leave a comment uh, on the podcast page, on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you're listening. Reach out to me on Twitter, whatever. Email me if you want to. Um, It's right there in my Twitter bio. Evaluating the quarterback position, to me, is easily, for me, the hardest position to evaluate. And beyond myself, look at NFL teams that they have more information, analytics, all 22 film at their fingertips than they've ever had in the history of the game. And yet we still see teams picking quarterbacks in the first round who ultimately do not play well, and in a few years, they are not on that team anymore. And you're wondering, how is this possible? And it's it's kind of uh, a trendy answer to say, oh, you know, safety is kind of hard to evaluate, corner. I think it's easily the quarterback spot. And the theory that I have, and it's similar to the theory that I have about head coaches in the NFL, that quarterback quality is on an extreme bell curve. 
that there are a few quarterbacks at the bottom left of that bell curve that are just really bad. And and I'm talking about mostly just first rounders here. Guys that everyone kind of by April, by the time April rolls around, we say, okay, these are the first rounders. Bottom left of that bell curve, a few small number of quarterbacks that are just really, really bad. And it doesn't matter what their environment is. It doesn't matter the offensive coordinator, the receivers, the offensive line. They're just going to be bad wherever they go. And it's interesting when you're thinking about it in terms of a bell curve in that two areas that kind of conflict or two schools of thought that create a catch-22. We all agree that the quarterback position is still the most valuable in the NFL. I mean, look at what Patrick Mahomes just did with the Kansas City Chiefs. Three come-from-behind victories in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, being down seven points, or being down 10 points with seven minutes to go and then ultimately winning by 11 points. But at the same time, it is the position that is most susceptible to and most vulnerable to its environment that it's at the mercy of its environment more than any other position that when a first round quarterback does not play well, that we all really liked that the consensus, he went in the top 10 or a team traded up to get him. It's, Oh, well the offensive line isn't great. And Oh, the receivers aren't really that good either. And Oh, the defense puts him in bad situations. Well, if there's that position is so valuable and I believe that it is more so individually than any other spot on the field. But that if it's that valuable of a position, then it shouldn't be so susceptible to its environment. So th- thinking about that and then going back to the bell curve, I think there's a few quarterbacks that are really, really bad. And then as you move up the bell curve and start and move right on the bell curve, there's some quarterbacks that still aren't very good or as skilled as you need them to be. But as the environment gets a little bit better around them, they produce at a high rate. They look like franchise quarterbacks. And maybe going back to the Super Bowl, is Jimmy Garoppolo near the bulkiest part of that bell curve where there's the biggest uh, group of quarterbacks that are really um, products of their environment? Maybe. I mean, I think he kind of took a little bit too much heat for what he did in the NFC title game, that they didn't need him, that he misses the throw to Emmanuel Sanders under two minutes to go in that game. It could have given the Niners a lead. Didn't necessarily play great in the Super Bowl. I don't think he was abysmal either. Missed some throws, of course. But And then as you kind of go down the bell curve to the right, there's fewer and fewer quarterbacks that truly just transcend and that you can have a ton of team flaws and it doesn't matter when you get to the bottom right of that bell curve there's very very few quarterbacks that can win games and can produce at a high level individually with a bad offensive line receivers that aren't great they raise the level of everyone around them and looking back the last 20 years in the draft for first rounders there's usually there's been on average around three to four quarterbacks who have gone inside the first round in the last 20 years, from 2000 uh, to 2019. And it looks like to me that it really only every four to five years that there is a truly transcendent quarterback. I mean, obviously we'll never know because a lot of these quarterbacks that are that good stay on one team. Um, 
but that really just transcend, that it does not matter, and they've had different types of roster makeups around them, and they've still been really good. And, and you look at Patrick Mahomes in 2017. Before him, um, probably Andrew Luck in 2012. I think he would have just been really, really good wherever he went. And he did not have a great supporting cast, a great line. Took a while for them to get some receivers. The defense wasn't necessarily good. And they were in the playoffs every year. He was, you know, one of the better passers in football. Um, Elevated that entire organization. Before that, probably have to go back to 2008 with Aaron Rodgers. Um, first ballot Hall of Famer, arguably the best pure passer of all time. Um, top five, top 10 quarterback in NFL history, 2008. Before him, you have maybe you have two in 2004 with Ben Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers. Um, so there haven't been a lot where you can unequivocally say or that you wouldn't get too much of a debate from someone saying, okay, these quarterbacks would really be good anywhere. So if you're doing the math and saying one every three to, or there's three to four quarterbacks that go in the first round every year, and it's probably every four or five years um, that we have seen in the last 20 that you just get a quarterback where it's like you pick him and that's it. You're going to be set for the next 10 or 15. You can lose offense linemen in free agency. You can maybe miss on some wide receivers. Your defense doesn't need to be good. And that quarterback will lift up the team, take you to the playoffs, maybe to a Super Bowl, throw for 300 yards, quarterback rating over 100, just lift the entire team. So that's saying that like if you're doing the math there, that every draft – you have about a 1 and anywhere from 12 to 1 in 15 uh, chance of hitting on a truly transcendent quarterback. That's three to four quarterbacks in the first round per year, and then a truly transcendent guy, one every four to five years. So even if you're on the low end, you're still looking at lower than a 10% chance of finding that guy. And you're looking as, as bad as you know maybe 5 or 6% chance of hitting that truly transcendent player. So it's we've seen teams trade up for them. I understand it because the single most valuable position is quarterback. Um, but it really seems like to me that we should, and maybe I'll do that this year, or I'll do this this year, grade or re-rank, not grade, but re-rank the quarterbacks after they're drafted. And that, that I hate hindsight with when it comes to the draft. And that's why I'm very transparent about my rankings and everything on Twitter, because I want to be able to go back and, and point to, Hey, here's a miss. I had, here's a hit. I had, here's an undrafted guy that I like that's played well, or here's a mid round guy that went undrafted and hasn't been good. But I really think for more positions, for any other position that we can say that quarterback's more valuable, but at the same time, um, it is susceptible, more susceptible to the environment. So we should grade these quarterbacks and say, okay, for example, we love Baker Mayfield, but he's going to the Browns and the line isn't really good. And this, you know, obviously was in 2018 before Odell Beckham was there. Um, but, well, they have Jarvis Landry. They just traded for him at that point. Um, 
I don't know how good this receiver group is. Is the defense ready? Miles Garrett's there. Um, maybe to re-rank these quarterbacks um, after the draft based on their situation because the situation or the environment is such a huge factor in how well they ultimately play. And that if you're thinking, oh, that's not true, if you look around the league and look around different situations, and I don't want to say this with a negative connotation, but look at some of the excuses that are made for first-round quarterbacks, um, you'll see that, oh, yeah, like when Marcus Mariota wasn't really playing well, it was, oh, well, he doesn't have great receivers. And then it was, oh, he doesn't really, the offensive line isn't good or the defense doesn't do enough. And I think even Deshaun Watson, who mostly has been a very good quarterback, a very boomer bust quarterback, oh, well, the line isn't that good. And then when the line got a little better this year, they trade for Laramie Tunsil. Um, they add some more pieces in the draft up front. They get him some more weapons. They draft Will Fuller after having DeAndre Hopkins. Um, they add Duke Johnson in a trade. Then he looks a little bit better. And I think... I mean, would he be maybe one that could transcend? I don't think he's to the level of a Patrick Mahomes, but basically every team in the league wants that Patrick Mahomes guy, right? Or the Aaron Rodgers type um, or the Andrew Luck. But you, as a GM, you cannot believe or think, okay, I'm going to go into this draft and there is going to be a Patrick Mahomes or there is going to be an Aaron Rodgers. So I still think that, for as much as we focus around quarterbacks and there's kind of the conventional wisdom is still, if you get the right quarterback, you'll be set. But we see so many quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield this past year. Um, I, th- I think I said him twice actually, maybe because it was such an obvious case of the situation not being so great. And then that quarterback not really playing so great. And that's not an uh, indictment on any of these quarterbacks because a lot of those players that I just mentioned are young. They flashed. Carson Wentz, like I mentioned, um, was an MVP front runner up two years ago before he got injured or in 2017. Um, but at that point, they had Alshon Jeffrey. They had a really, really good offensive line. They had Frank Reich there, who's now a head coach, a great offensive mind. They have Doug Peterson. Um, they had they had John Filippo there as well. Um, they had Zach Ertz. They had a really good offensive structure around him. And that it, it's it's not, again, not an indictment saying these quarterbacks are just complete products of the system. But I think, again, going back to that bell curve, most quarterbacks, the majority of quarterbacks that are starting in the NFL that were first round picks, we all know you want to increase your chances of getting a franchise quarterback. You better pick them in the first round. There's the anomalies. There is the Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Dak Prescott, uh, Tom Brady. And those are pretty much the three that stand out over the last 20 years that were, that were late rounders or mid rounders that have become really good. Russell Wilson. Um, but if you're picking, if you want a franchise quarterback, you need to pick one in the first round, but you need to build your team around him. And that might seem obvious, but I, I think we get so enthralled with that position come draft time and that coming off a of Super Bowl, it's, oh my God, look at Patrick Mahomes. Look what he just did. And I, I'm labeling him after two years as a starter, MVP last year, amazing this year, coming back from that injury, that he's a transcendent guy, but... He has Andy Reid. 
pretty good offensive line. It wasn't as good this year as it was last year after they lost uh, Mitch Morris and a few others. Um, but Tyreek Hill is the fastest, most explosive receiver in football. Travis Kelsey is a top three tight end, probably the best pure receiving tight end in the game. Oh yeah. And then there's Sammy Watkins, by the way, who's like their second or third or fourth option at times. Um, the defense that got a lot better with Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones is going to make a ton of money in free agency up front. Traded for Frank Clark, brought in Bashad Breeland. Um, so, they added around him, and that's what got them over the hump to win that Super Bowl. And that's got to be the goal for every team. Uh, but there's so many quarterbacks, and we've seen a lot of them too, that get that supporting cast help. I think Josh Allen was the prime example of that, that he did not look like a quarterback who was going to be playing in the NFL in like three seasons during the first half of his rookie year. The Bills had a terrible offensive line. They had Top, bottom three receiver group in the NFL gets injured, comes back, looks competent, but still not great down the stretch um, in 2018. And then this past year, he was my second highest graded first or second year quarterback. Missed a lot of throws down the field, but threw a ton of awesome tight window throws at the intermediate level through coverage. Um, and what did the Bills do? They signed six offensive linemen in free agency. So they added depth. They added starters. They drafted Cody Ford in the second round. They brought in John Brown. They brought in Cole Beasley. The defense was mostly intact. They drafted Ed Oliver and inside the top 10 Um in the draft. So it, it's just to me striking that we can, that, and I'm not faulting just our whole conventional wisdom here, but it's alarming to me. And that I think we need to kind of realize that these quarterbacks and why these teams are missing is not just because the quarterback wasn't good enough or that he was in the bottom left of that bell curve, but that the team around him, the GM and the front office ultimately failed when it came to building the offensive line, <clears throat> adding quality receivers, having a good defense that keeps you in games where a young quarterback isn't forced to try to make plays outside of where he is in terms of being comfortable forcing passes down the field. I think Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger are prime examples. They landed in awesome situations right away. And go look back at the statistics for those two early in their careers. They were not asked to do too much. They didn't make a lot of mistakes, but they were not carrying those teams early on in New England and Pittsburgh. And look what ultimately happened. They were able to have time to grow into being that mask, that team flaw masking quarterback that transcends and is leading his team to be a, a playoff and a Super Bowl contender seemingly every season. So that's just my random rant of a podcast that I wanted to go on today and just put it out there at kind of the beginning stages of the pre-draft process for everyone after the Super Bowl is over. We'll get the combine, then we'll get free agency, but then everyone will really dive into the draft. So when we're talking about, hey, is Jordan Love, like, can he really be that guy? Well, ask me after the draft. If he lands with a team that has a bad offensive line and a coach that's not going to let him play outside the structure and do Patrick Mahomes type things, no, he's probably going to be really bad. If he gets an innovative offensive coordinator that wants to use some spread concepts or a lot of spread concepts, four or five wide receivers, let him get the ball out quickly, good offensive lines, sturdy defense, then yeah, I think Jordan Love could resemble Patrick Mahomes in a way in the next couple of seasons. Same goes for any of these quarterbacks inside 
this draft class. And I think that's why we're hearing some rumblings about that Joe, that Joe Burrow may not want to go to the Cincinnati Bengals. I think it's a little bit overblown that, that he hasn't come out and said, I do not want to go there. It's not an Eli Manning situation or a John Elway situation. Um, and I still think that the Bengals are going to pick him at number one overall. But um, as we're getting into draft season, I just want that to be maybe more at the forefront of your mind if it wasn't already, or just to have a fresh idea in your mind about why do all these people, including Chris Trapasso, me, why do I miss on some of these quarterback evaluations? Well, it really comes down to, and GMs and, and scouts that are way smarter about football than I am are still missing because it's all about the situation for the majority of these quarterbacks. If you're lucky enough, the 8% chance that you're going to hit just what history, recent history has told us that you are going to find this Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, um, or a Ben Roethlisberger or Philip Rivers. Great. Then you'll be set. But if not, you can't bank on a, an 8% chance. You have to be as a GM and a, and a front office for an NFL team. You get the quarterback that you think after you build around and build a great environment conducive to success for the most valuable position on the field, that that quarterback will bring your franchise to new heights. But it's the ultimate team game for a reason. And that's just kind of the quarterback value slash susceptible, the position most susceptible to the environment around them. That's kind of my theory on that. Interested to hear what you think. Again, leave a comment, review. Uh, Thank you for listening. I'm Chris Trapasso. This was the Prospect Podcast.